Hey guys, it's Evan from Empire State Conservatives Podcast. Just reminding you to check us out on Instagram at GetRedPillNY, on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network, on Twitter at Empire State Cons, and on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overwatch at Empire State Conservatives Podcast. And make sure you check out our store for all snowflake melting merch at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com slash store. Enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast, episode 121. It is me, your host Evan, with the All-American Conservative, Sammy Davis Jr., I mean Solomon Tack, and the Long Island Jew, Robbie Rubenstein. We are here to tickle your political pickle and fight back against the leftist agenda that is seeking to destroy everything that true Americans hold dear, especially here in New York, where Emperor Cuomo is just trying to flush us straight down the toilet. Robbie, thanks for coming on today. Guys, let's get right into it. Emperor Cuomo was in Washington today to meet with President Trump about issues relating to the green light law. Listen, this is just essentially the federal government came in and said, you're giving driver's licenses to illegal immigrants. We are developing this trusted traveler program where people can use these licenses to travel internationally. We are not going to allow your licenses to be part of this program, which honestly makes perfect sense. If you can't verify citizenship, you can't verify their identity, why on earth would you be allowed in this program? So Cuomo said, hey, we're going to sue them. And Trump said, hey, why don't you come to Washington so I can bitch slap you in the next week? Tack, where do you see this going? Well, over the river and through the woods to Daddy Trump's house he goes. (laughs) And I would like to personally welcome him and hope that his trip to the Potomac was a productive one. Obviously, you want things to work in government and to work positively for the people, right? But like you said, we all know that allowing illegals to potentially have travel throughout the country could be possibly dangerous for the country. We know that you had terrorists that have tried to cross the southern border. You know that you have put the potential of diseases crossing into the country through the the southern border that was previously eradicated. So you let them come in, you then make them comfortable, you give them IDs, now they can spread whatever they want, wherever they want, instead of being centralized, which is New York, so I feel bad for you guys. However, we know that if Cuomo, for whatever reason, goes down there and and starts talking his trash and is not leading to anything productive, Trump will get up and walk away from the table and Cuomo would otherwise have not achieved anything whatsoever. So it would have just been a waste of a trip. And New Yorkers still won't be allowed to travel through the, the airports to any other part of the country. Good luck traveling and paying all the tolls that you guys have to pay. Now, Robbie, how do you feel about New York being excluded from this trusted traveler program when they're not trusting government agencies like ICE access to their records and they're not even trusting, you know, there's no verification on anyone's identity. I can literally go in, say I'm an illegal immigrant, take my test, get a driver's license with any name on it. I could be Jose Cuervo for all they know. Well, I want to first thank you guys for having me on. Uh, It really is a pleasure to be here. And uh, I just want to first uh, say that we have to, uh, when we're talking about illegal immigrants, we have to make sure we're, uh, saying it the right way, 
We so just did. From, illegal immigrants. Which is which is undocumented immigrants. I just want to make sure that I'm appeasing the uh, the you know the left wing of of our country here. Because uh, you know they get a little offended when we uh, use the word uh, illegal or aliens. Robin, and, don't uh, worry. I'll, I'll protect you. I, I'm I'm yeah. down to ride for you. Don't yeah. worry. I got you back. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to scare them. Well, I'm, I'm I'm glad I'm glad we're on the same page here. Uh, I'm just not on the same page as other people. So um, that's good. But I I really do think that this uh, this whole bizarre situation with licenses being uh, being given to uh, undocumented immigrants uh really stems from this whole idea of of the these major cities that not only house these illegal illegal immigrants but they also will uh protect them at all costs they'll prevent ice from detaining them um and and then deporting them so i think everything that this kind of story with cuomo and uh new york state allowing uh, illegals to obtain a uh, driver's license. It, it really all comes down to, um, to just the idea that the Democratic Party are just trying to appease to these undocumented immigrants and eventually one day get them to become citizens and then to get their vote. I mean, that, it's, real, it's really as simple as that. I mean, you look at it, it is literally called the Trusted Traveler Program. How can we trust people who are in the country illegally and just getting driver's licenses? The federal government, as much as I hate to say this, is 100% right to exclude New York from this program based on the green light law. Now, TAC Virginia is trying to be the new New York with uh, Blackface Northam down there. You know, how frustrating is it to just, you literally moved to Virginia. You said on this show, I want to move somewhere that's going to allow me to have my gun and to protect my family, to be able to exercise my rights. And the second you move down there, you know, Emperor Cuomo 2.0, Blackface <laughs> Northam, starts pushing all this crap tack. Like, is, is Virginia just trying to become bluer than even New York and then eventually California? Because that's the goal for every blue state. So first off, everybody that's in, in Virginia state government that – supports the blackface Northam. I just want to turn one of the words that they call me around and call them all Uncle Tom's. Okay, this guy was asked to resign and he refused to resign. He said that he didn't know whether he was the one in the, the blackface or the one that was in the KKK hood. I mean, they're both pretty bad. I mean, that, <laughs> those, both those things are pretty damn bad. <laughs> And this was real blackface. This wasn't like what Kim Kardashian did and a, a few other people when they, they dressed up as the people that they admired. Joy Behar. Don't forget Joy Behar. Uh, yeah, Joy, Joy Behar. And a few of this, what Northam did was real blackface. Didn't apologize. Then this is the same guy who said that it's okay to, you could take a, a newly born baby, put them in a room somewhere and talk to the mom and say, hey, mom do you want to abort this baby or like do you want to keep him i think it's totally fine this is the same guy this is the guy who you're supporting and that you're trying to make look like he's getting a job done politically the one who disrespected an entire group of people never really truly apologized for it you tried to get him to resign and he said no so you're going to support his initiatives just wanted to drop that so people can start to think and let their wheels turn. Now, Virginia, hopefully Trump is using New York as an example 
to show, hey, Virginia, look, you see what you're trying to do? This is going to be you next. Don't try it. Virginia has an option on a DMV website where you can go on and you can update your um, address. You can ask for a new license, et cetera, et cetera. During that process, they ask you, would you like to register to vote? So when they go to renew their licenses or they go to update their addresses and they get asked, would you like to register to vote? What happens when they click yes? Do you now have somebody that isn't an American citizen now being allowed to vote within the United States? And how then will you be able to keep up with who's voting? Is there anything written in those laws? No, and there's definitely not. And Robbie, you mentioned this, that they were literally, the Democrats are showing that they care more about illegals because this is their new voter base. We've seen it that the Hispanic community and the black community are walking away from the Democratic Party because you've seen the success of President Trump. You've seen the success of Republican policy in helping these communities and uplifting these communities. And they don't believe in the Democrat system anymore of welfare and government dependency. So guess what? You need to import a new voter base. And the only way to do that is to bring in people who have nothing and to brainwash them into believing that, hey, I'm going to give you free stuff. So, you know, let me give you these licenses. And whether or not they become citizens, if they have a driver's license and they're able to register to vote, it doesn't even matter if they're citizens. This is essentially foreign election in the inter- uh, foreign interference in our elections, which they tried to get Trump for for the last three years. I mean, this is the Democrat playbook. It's I do this and then I accuse someone else of doing it. It's straight out of the Soviet playbook. This is what they've been doing for years. And it's honestly, it's absolutely disgusting. I, I'm, I totally agree. I, what, what I would say is if, if the Democratic Party, especially people like Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, who want to have Medicare for all, if they are going to try to run our, our, our health care system, I, I, I tell you what, I got my advanced license or whatever you want to call it, enhanced license, whatever the, the whole, I don't even know what, what it is. I have it somewhere. And I go to the DMV. It takes, it takes three hours for me to get a new license, right? I don't even want to, I don't even want to know what's going to happen if Bernie Sanders was president and what would happen to my health care. It, it would just what would be, happen is you would wait online and you would wait for bread and you'd wait for, for milk and then you would be good and then you would die of old age because you were waiting yes. 17 hours for bread. Yes. Well, because as long as it's free, right? It has to be free. It, no? It is, it is free I mean, at I, the point of it, use. Does someone, no one pays for it, right? I mean, it, is that, that's not how it works, right? The economy doesn't work that way. Where if, if the, the government gives subsidies or welfare, whatever it is, that it's, it's just, oh, yeah, yeah, no, they just print money, and that's how it works, you know? No, it, someone picks up the tab. Let's just put it that way. So I just want to say one thing. When it comes to the government trying to uh, run our healthcare system, uh, they can't even run the DMV. So I, I, I don't even want to see – I don't want to see that. But, but kind of, you know, going back to what we were, what we were talking about, it, it really is – I mean, it's you're, – you're totally right, though. It's the Democratic playbook. They – you know, they, they really, you know, it's funny because Trump always says during his rallies, he's always like America first, right? And I don't think I've ever heard a Democrat ever say that, you know, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's like, and the thing is, you get, you get someone on here to, to talk to me about that right now and, and me saying, you know, they, never, they don't think, they don't put America first. They're going to say, well, you know, that's, that's garbage. Like, you know, we, we know, we, you know, we, we take America first. We, we think they're first, you know. They'll, they'll argue with me saying well, that's not true, but 
you know what? It, it's it's one of those things when you when you always are saying it constantly over and over with repetition at these rallies that are a hundred, hundred uh, tens of thousands of people are at. It, it resonates. I, I to me it resonates. And when you when not only are you not saying those kind of things when you're a Democrat, but then you you have these actions on top of it where you really are supporting, you know, undocumented immigrants uh, over you know, American citizens, I understand that, you know, there's some tough situations for some of these, uh, for these illegal immigrants. They, they, so there's some, there's a lot of very good ones. I'm talking about this good people. They want to make, you know, they want to come to America, have an opportunity to make a living, to raise a family. I, I, just go into the, people's territories and just say, all right, this is my new home now. It's, it's not how it works. You need to have borders. You need to have some sort of control over this, you know, or that's, there's no sovereignty anymore. There's no country. That's, I mean, that's, that's the main, that's the main thing. I mean, but that's what you hit on exactly is that they're not looking for countries anymore. They're globalists and they're looking, looking to push an agenda. But speaking of Democrats, let's move on to the Democratic primaries, which have been vastly entertaining. And you mentioned that we, they want to run the government, but they can't run the post office, uh, the DMV. They also can't run the post office. Yeah, the post office and they also, can't, they also can't run a caucus. They can't run their family lives either. You look at Bill de Blasio. So... Apparently, the Democrats are inching closer and closer to having a 1,000-year-old communist as their nominee for president. <laughs> uh, right now, actually leading in delegates is Pete Bottoms Up Buttigieg with 22 delegates, followed by Bernie with 21. Biden Joe Biden is all the way in fifth with only six delegates, and apparently he is losing his goddamn mind, calling people, was it lying-faced pony soldiers or whatever the hell it was? He's, getting, he's yelling at reporters. This guy's losing his goddamn mind. Like... Joe Biden, who had this handed to him on a silver platter, is falling apart at, right in front of our eyes. I thought it was going to take longer. I said this before. I thought he'd at least make it to, you know, the debates before he started dying. But clearly his brain is just devolving into some mush that looks like leftover mashed potatoes. But right now, the face of the Democratic Party, as we see it now, is Bernie Sanders, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, and Ilhan Omar. These are the people who... Who, who they're looking to, to go against Trump. And Democratic voters want to beat Trump. So who are they going to prop up? Because right now, it's not looking good for them. You're literally running behind a guy who has praised the Soviet Union, who said that breadlines are good, who wants to abolish private health care, who wants the government to run everything. The government's corrupt. But you know, we know how we fix that? We increase the size of the government. This guy is a complete, completely insane person. And his biggest advocate's are anti-Semites, and a person who was too dumb to be a bartender. Heck, like, what, is, what, is, what are the Democrats doing here? Are they purposely trying to lose, or, is there, or they just suck at everything? Do you know there was a point in time where Bernie Sanders admitted that uh, health care for all or Medicare for all would bankrupt the country? I mean, that, it's the truth. <laughs> so... <laughs> Either he's doing this purposely or he's just that much that just that stupid. So I'm going to go with he's doing this purposely. That, that's what I'm going with per personally. Um, and the fact that his biggest advocates are not only anti-Semites, but vocally enemies of the nation. It makes me think that he's also an enemy of the nation. 
It makes me think that he's one of the earliest people to have been placed into our federal government by possibly Russians, by possibly the old USSR. Because remember, he went to the USSR and then started talking about how, oh, the way their train stations work. And then if you, you look at the way they teach their children in class and, and then all these people standing on these bread lines and the bread lines are not a bad idea. Because pudding. Lots of pudding. Looking for, they're, they're there to eat. And the government's providing them, providing it for them. This is the guy, you see him praising the USSR and then going to say that it will bankrupt the nation, Medicare for all will bankrupt the nation. And now he's pushing for it. We know for a fact that the USSR wanted to set it up to where the United States fell and they were the successful ones. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Fuck you. <laughs> Start listening to me. I think I'm on to something. And the Democratic Party are the people that's pushing, as a party, pushing these people. And I very well believe they want to see the destruction of the nation. Robbie? I don't want to even try to figure out what the intentions are with the Democratic Party, to be honest with you. I don't have that kind of, I don't have that kind of time. I, I'm, I'm too busy. You see me in a suit, man. I just got home from work. I got, I got a lot of, you know, I got a lot of shit to do. I got... I got a mortgage to pay off. Like, come on. Like, I can't, can't be worried about, you know, Bernie Sanders. Does he, does he, is he really trying to ruin the country or is he just an idiot? I mean, honestly, can, can you say both? I mean, is that, is that, is that, is that like a, a you know, this, the, the third choice? I, I just, you know, for, for one thing, the fact that AOC, you know, went to BU, got an economics degree is kind of, uh, you know, hilarious. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. She, she doesn't know anything about economics. We all know how she got that degree. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So Always wear your knee pads and don't go to war without a helmet. <laughs> only way to wear in a firefight. <laughs> uh, that's, it's, it's, it's true. I can't, I can't, you know, I, I can't disagree with that. So, uh, but, but, but go, going with Sanders, I mean, obviously AOC has become a big supporter of Sanders. You know, she, uh, she endorsed him recently and now, you know, you see her pop up once in a while, get her, get her face on the, you know, on the screen a little bit. Um, because we all know that in a few, you know, when, when she's eligible, when she's 35, she, she's going to run. We, we, we know that she, she was ambitious enough to, you know, to, to go around her district and, you know, go, go to all the houses and, uh, and then be able to, you know, make a name for herself and then get all the votes and take out Crowley. I mean, that was, that was pretty impressive you know, for someone, you know, like that. So she's got, obviously she's got major goals. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the scariest part though. Of the whole thing is because we have uh, leaders, you know, like her, like Bernie Sanders, who, you know, really just delusional when it comes to economics, when it comes to trying to run a country, um, you know, you, like I said before, you got someone's got to pay for it. Uh, Medicare for all, um, all these different type of government programs, it's just something that's not going to work um, just based on, you know, really just simple economics. You don't even have to, you don't need an economics degree, believe me, um, to, to figure that one out. So um, I, I really do think that when it comes down to the race, I, I, I think that right now Bernie Sanders is the front runner at this very moment. Um, I think Biden is done. Uh, I think that he, they made it very clear after the caucus that took, that took about five years to, to, to come to a conclusion um, as to New Hampshire, I mean, it's pretty clear that he's done. Uh, Klobuchar made a nice push. So I think she's going to be someone that is going to definitely be in the running. 
Um, and then Buttigieg, Mayor Pete, I think he's going to be someone who's going to stick around for a little bit. But I do feel like he will slide at, 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 at by Super Tuesday. That will be the, his demise because I think that uh, countrywide, I think that's going to become a problem for him. And, uh, you know, the socialists, will, they will gain traction a little bit, but I don't think to the point where they're going to be able to uh, to be able to win the nomination because the Democratic Party, honestly, they're not going to let Bernie Sanders win. No, and the way that the Democrats, the only way they have a chance in 2020 is if you run a moderate. You know, Bernie Sanders is a full communist, and most people in the country are not agreeing with any of his policies, and they're not, they're not going to not vote for him. They're not going to vote at all. So you're going to have a bunch of Democrats staying home on Election Day, and it'll be a landslide for Trump. But you mentioned, you know, Pete Buttigieg, who somehow managed to come back in this because, you know, you said he was going to slide out. He's used to sliding in. But, you know, he, I do believe that he will also slide out <laughs> relatively soon. He has zero support in the black community, um, you know, most of the country. Even in Iowa, they had a video of a voter saying, I didn't know he was gay. I don't want to vote for him now. It's, it's something that people either aren't ready for or don't want. It's, it's not even the fact that he's gay, in my opinion. It's the fact that he has zero, zero mm-hmm. experience in politics. He's not a person who, you know, garners trust amongst people. And he's, he, you know, he was mayor of a city with less than, with 11,000 votes. And now he's not even the mayor. Now he's nothing. He's literally just a guy running for president. This is someone who, it's, he's trying to be the gay version of Barack Obama, but he doesn't even have the experience or the charisma or the snake oil salesman ability of Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. But speaking of moderates, the only moderate really left who even has a chance is mini Mike Bloomberg. Mini Mike Bloomberg, who still has not joined any of the caucuses or any of the debates, is just spending a bunch of money on ads, is now getting thrashed over his statements on stop and frisk. And his statements, the difference between his statements and the statements we made last episode are that we clarified that it's not because they're minorities that they're committing crimes. It's because you're in poorer neighborhoods with no family structure with higher rates of crime, higher rates of drug use, and higher rates of welfare. And that creates the criminal element. And that's why you need policing there. But Mike Bloomberg is on the left, which is bad for him. See, we're on the right. We can say stuff like that because it's true. And people on our side aren't really going to care because they understand that it's true. But on the left, you now Mike Bloomberg is now drawing the ire of AOC. AOC who wants him to scrub the records of people who were incarcerated under stop and frisk because apparently stop and frisk was a authoritarian and racist policy in her words. In in AOZ also said New York city is about 60% people of color. Stop and frisk was an unconstitutional devastating practice for the entire city that intentionally exempted white people, not true from harm. It was one of the most racist policies I've ever lived through that deeply impacted the entire city. Besides the fact that, the, the entire welfare state is actually the most racist thing ever passed by the Democrats. Tax, you know, this is your girlfriend here. Can you uh, just like smack some sense in her? Baby girl, I'm starting to get offended by your constant use of the word person of color or people of color. Because if you really dive down into what colored meant in the United States of America, you look at uh, whites only water fountain, and then you see colored only water fountain when the japanese are before they were put into the internment camps i promise you you will not see one japanese person standing in front of a water cap water fountain that said colored i promise you you wouldn't see it one hispanic person 
the color of AOC standing in front of a water fountain that said colored only. The only thing that was colored in this country because it wasn't good to call black people back then black because it meant something that was dirty were black people. So for her to constantly keep saying POC, persons of color, who the hell are you talking about? You are not considered historically in this country a person of color. You don't see when, when, they, when you take a test or you go to the DMV and you have to, to check off on the thing whether or not you're Hispanic, you're not putting person of color on there. You're putting Hispanic, not black. You're putting Hispanic, Caucasian, or Hispanic, not, not European, or where, whatever else, but you're not putting person of color. So stop trying to include yourself as somebody of color, because you're not. Plus, the rules didn't specifically say at all, only go check black people. Stop and frisk was all inclusive. It was for everybody. And I'm sick of people not looking at themselves, like we spoke about last time, as Americans. You continuously group yourselves off, and, and that's what furthers the divide in this country. Americans, start looking at it as Americans. You're in the American government, Alexandria. That's what you are, an American. Start defending all Americans and stop looking at white people because your boyfriend, the cuck, is freaking white. <laughs> and start looking out for everybody inclusively. That's what you're about, right? Inclusivity? That's, that's my point. And this policy, Rob, before I let you weigh in on this, this policy, it's not stop and frisk. It's stop, question, and frisk. And it's not unconstitutional because it requires probable cause. Now, the way that the NYPD was writing their reports became a problem because in, instead of writing a detailed report on why you stopped this person, listen, they were walking a certain way based on my training and experience. They were most likely carrying a weapon. And that's why I made this, this stop to question them, and then which led to the pat-down. They were just writing, stop, question, frisk, nothing found, which brought this in front of the judge, and we, we all know what happened with that. But it's not a racist policy. It's actually a very good policy, and it's a continuation of Giuliani's um, broken windows policy, where you have proactive policing in the communities. And putting this, this policy into minority communities where we have higher rates of crime, not because they're minorities, but because of democratic policies have disenfranchised and actually democratic policies have pushed minorities down, especially in New York City and across the country. That's where the crime is. That's where you put the cops. And in order to protect the non-criminals in that neighborhood, you need police there and you need proactive police. So, Rob, like, listen, this, this guy is the last moderate left because Buttigieg is not going to be doing it. Biden is out the door. Klobuchar, they're not prop for some reason. They the Democrats do not like her. They're not propping her up. So Mini Mike Bloomberg is their last chance. But they are trying. They are literally trying to eat their own here. Where do you see this going? I'm actually very interested to see how it's going to all play out because they're not going to let Sanders win. They're not going to let Mini Mike win. Well, they'll they'll try to they'll try to stop him because he's not mainstream enough. So uh, you know he they they don't it doesn't he doesn't fit enough of of their narrative which is, we just described it. I mean, it's, it's, it's far left policy. It's, you know, pro legal immigrants. It's pro, um, you know, Medicare for all. It's pro government, uh, government, uh, you know, being dependent on government, um, you know, and not, and not as much, uh, you know, capitalism. 
uh, no laissez-faire, you know, too much government uh, involvement in, in uh, the private sector. So I, th- I think that you have, you know, obviously the very far left and you have the, then you have, you know, mini Mike trying to come in, trying to slide in, <laughs> slide in again. <laughs> he should watch and, out for Mayor Pete then if he's really trying to slide <laughs> in. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is with Joe Biden, you know, on the, on the downslope, I would say that that's going to open up a little bit of an opportunity for uh, Bloomberg to get some traction. Um, for I mean, Buttigieg, obviously, you saw that he definitely benefited from Biden, you know, really getting hurt um, and, and Klobuchar as well. But uh, I really what it, what it comes down to is. For the for the Democratic race, I do feel like. When we get to the, the next debate, as the field shrinks a little bit, you have Yang, you know, coming out. He he left, which honestly I thought, other than that, you know, thousand dollar allowance, uh, you know, month or whatever, you know, other than that, I thought his, you know, overall he had a good sense of of the economy and, and whatnot for for someone who was running for the Democratic uh, Party. But um, I really, I really do feel like there's. Um, there's going to be uh, – it's going to come down to three people at this point, and I think Bloomberg on Super Tuesday will try to make a push there. That's really his move. That's always been his move is really to do that. Uh, you know, jumping over to what you were saying before about his stop-and-frisk policy, uh, you know, Giuliani, obviously he came in as mayor. He – you know, the um, him trying to uh, cut out a lot of these, uh, you know, small little crimes or little, like, little things – to try to then, you know, that will help with, you know, the larger, you know, picture with major crimes. So I think that Bloomberg kind of took that and kind of ran with it also, which he has nothing to apologize about. I mean, what he was doing was really helping New York City. I mean, the crime rate really dropped. Um, you just see it in the, in the numbers. And as long as, as long as he backtracks on all that, it's going to help him from a Democratic standpoint. I mean, the Democrats are definitely going to be on board with him apologizing for the top stop and frisk because they said it was a racist type maneuver. It, it, to me, it's very simple. You, you have crime in certain areas, right? You have, you have facts in front of you. You have, you have data. Data showing that, hey, East, you know, East New York in Brooklyn has got an X amount of you know, crime per month, per year, per quarter, whatever the case is. Are you going to be allocating your assets to an area that has a lot of crime or are you going to start putting a lot of cops, you know, in the middle of Park Avenue or the Upper West Side on, you know, 78th Street and Columbus Circle? Like, I mean, does that does that make sense? It's just to me, it's it's a very it was a very simple tactic that made a lot of sense that had facts to back it up, which is why to bring up this whole racist thing. I mean, that's what they do. It's race baiting. That's all it is. That's what they do. It's identity politics. We've seen it before. We're always going to see it. It's it's just that's how they operate. Yeah. So, and- like you just said, they it's facts, and they don't like facts. And listen, Mini Mike Bloomberg has plenty to apologize for. The fact that he is a troll who lives under the bridge and tries to take everyone's money is one thing. And the fact that he is sponsoring almost all the gun control in the entire country is the other. He's not going to win over independents. He's not going to win over libertarians. And he's not going to win over any Republicans. But, Tack, uh, where you want to weigh in a little more? So, uh, like, like I was saying before, you have different kinds of crimes committed in different kinds of neighborhoods. So when you look at these where all the stop and frisk was happening, was going to be where a majority of your out in the open street crimes was occurring. 
you have different kinds of law enforcement agencies. You got your street cops, which are going to be out there battling against the street crimes on the upper level of things. Then you're going to have, let's say you go to, to Chelsea, where you have your nightclubs where cocaine's being handed around and all this other stuff is going on. You're going to get probably your federal agents or even undercover cops to bust those movements and those, those different uh, non-street level uh, gang activities. So those aren't going to require stop and frisk. Those are going to actually require major operations. So when you're looking at stop and frisk versus, wow, hey, why did that nightclub close? That was like, <laughs> that place was jumping. You know what I mean? Like, that's why you're going to see a difference in the numbers. And people never really move to, the, to that discovery level. Yeah, because they wanted a branded racist policy because that's how they operate. They don't operate, operate on facts. They don't operate in the real world. They operate in their little world where you can call anyone a racist and, you know, the government will be there to take care of everyone. You know, let's, it's, it's, just, it's extremely frustrating to talk about the Democrats and to even talk to Democrats. But let's move on from that. To everyone's favorite quarterback, Colin, I can't get a job. Kaepernick plans to launch a book publishing company to help the voices of black and brown people in publishing. He also plans to release a memoir entitled My Time on My Knees, which How will detail you? his retarded national <laughs> No, that is, not the, that is not the real title, <laughs> but it definitely, definitely <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I mean, this guy is, it's always about attention. And we saw, Tack, you mentioned the XFL reached out to him and he came back with these ridiculous demands. Even the NFL, the NFL tried to give him a workout and he didn't want to do it because he had ridiculous demands. This is a guy who just wants the spotlight. The spotlight. He was playing terrible in San Francisco. He was getting benched for Blaine Gabbert, and he decided, "Hey, let me steal a little bit of the spotlight." Tack, I'm just gonna let you trash this dude. Like, I'm just so I'm just so sick of him. He just really needs to go away. This guy's making millions of dollars from Nike. Just shut up and go away. Collect your money. Shut up and leave. So you know, you know, I'm a, a huge history buff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna crap on him, but I'm not gonna just trash his his new business venture right what i'm going to tell a lot of people in it right now is to beware of the snakes in the grass we see how he destroys his own career over and over and over he's given chance after chance after chance for success do you really want to trust your books and your your whatever you're trying to release to the public to a man that can't even run his own business He's been begging for a job. As soon as he gets a chance to get one, then all of a sudden he goes and, and turns around and does something else to screw it up. You're going to trust your business ideas to a man like that. And then secondly, the, he's doing it only for the black and brown people. That the sounds racist. indigenous of society. You know, so before, uh, before we had the whole civil rights movement, and then I'll get into something I heard Tom, Tommy Sotomayor say. Shouts out to Tommy Sotomayor. Uh, before we had the civil rights movement, black communities had a huge amount of money within its own community. It had its, a huge amount of businesses within its, whole, its own community because it couldn't really branch out. So the black dollar stayed within the black community. You had places like uh, Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Harlem, which was gentrified by blacks because it was all white at one point, had all types of businesses in it, all types of, of electricians, plumbers, et cetera, et cetera. 
and then civil rights movement happened. Malcolm X had a great quote about it. Uh, if, you, if a white man puts his arm over my shoulder, I'll call that brotherhood. But if the government comes and puts a gun in a white man's head and says, hey, put your, your arm over his shoulder, then that's not brotherhood. And that's pretty much what the government did with the, the civil rights movement. Um, but then also on the flip side, you also had Martin Luther King that said, you have some white people that want to see us free just as much as we want to see us free. Those are the brothers, the, the, the former brotherhood that Malcolm X was talking about. That's who you should be leaning on. The people that actually want to work alongside you, the people that actually views you as Americans and you view them as Americans. So when you say, and there's a saying in the, in the black culture and hip hop culture, black neighborhoods, all skin folk ain't kin folk, which goes back to my, my first point. Do you really wanna trust this man who screws over his own self and his own business opportunities with your business just because his skin color matches yours? Is that the direction you really wanna push? I mean, he's still doing better than Jussie Smollett, who just got indicted by a special prosecutor. Juicy Smollett, the French actor. <laughs> but yeah, like, he, he really needs to stop acting like he's this all-around person that black and, and brown and indigenous peoples of the world who have been trashed by whites uh, should lean on because he's this brand new civil rights activist. I am no longer focused on that. I'm focused on what's going to make America great as a whole, and it's not Colin Kaepernick. Robert? Well, Colin, Colin Kaepernick is, is also not going to make any uh, football teams any good either, so I just, <laughs> just want to put it out there too. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Evan was, was a good segue. I mean, he, he was mentioning that he was on the, you know, on the downside. He was you know, getting benched for – for basically a career backup. So uh, he really just was grab, grabbing for attention. And honestly, he did a great job. I mean, if, if that's really what he was trying to do, he did an awesome job because he was able to get in the spotlight. Uh, he did it in front of like a national audience. He, he captured, you know, the imaginations or, or got a lot of people involved and, and to talk about it and to, you know, to debate it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, if that, if that really was his end goal, I mean, he, he really succeeded in that. Um, whether, you know, there's a lot of, there's any, if, if he's genuine about really wanting to make a difference in the society, I mean, Hey, more power to him if he wants to try to make a difference in, in a positive way, but the way he's going to go about doing it, or at least what the way he's been doing it so far, it's just, not, it, it doesn't seem like it's something that I want to support at all. Um, you know, with, with the socks and the, you know, the pig socks, whatever, when he, you know, we saw those, so like. You have you have this one side where you're saying, "Hey, like, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to do good for this country. I'm trying to, you know, be motivate uh, a good a good motivating factor. I want to be uh, you know good influence to society." But then you do something like that. You put you put socks on. They're obviously going to get that on TV. Like th that's obviously going to happen. So it just it, it begs the question: Hey, what what is it? Is he genuine in, in trying to to be there for? as he said, as we've been saying, black and brown community. I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it seems like it's a lot about him, which, you know, I, that, that's, that's kind of what, what happened with, uh, with the whole Al Gore thing. And everyone's like, oh, you know, Al Gore is doing such a, you know, he, he's, he's such an influence. He's being so, you know, he's bringing to light all this, you know, climate change problems. 
that we have. And, and really, what ended up at the end of the day, what ended up happening, obviously, he didn't, you know, he didn't win the presidency, which Democrats obviously have had their own little thing about. They still have a thing about that. Um, but really, what it came down to is he made a ton of money off of that. I mean, and then that begged the question, hey, was this really something that he really genuinely cared about? Or was it something that, you know what? Whether it works out or not, whether, you know, anything happens, whether I make, you know, someone's life better in any capacity or this world better in any way, I, I made a ton of money. So that's really like, that's really all I care about. So, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things you kind of balance when people do these kind of things. It's, hey, if you do it kind of behind closed doors, it's like when people give charity, uh, give the charity behind closed doors and they don't really talk about it, you know, maybe it leaks out some other way or whatever, but you know, those are the kind of people that, hey, they're not trying to get the notoriety. They're doing something good for society. Those are the kind of people I like. The people that are just trying to get notoriety, like Colin Kaepernick, other people as well, that, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't really sit, you know, doesn't really sit well with me as, as much as the others. You know, there's, there's a really big problem, though, with Kaepernick's ideology. And you talked about coming from a good place and trying to make a real impact on the community. And he's not trying to do that. And none of these anti-police activists are trying to do that because if they were, they'd be speaking about black on black crime, which is way bigger problem in the black community than police on black violence. And they don't even bother dealing with the facts. And we talked about Michael Brown and Eric Garner and uh, we got a little bit of backlash about me calling Eric Garner a scumbag. And listen, if you're a career criminal who decides to fight the police, it's your own goddamn fault and you get what you get. And I'm not going to backtrack on that. Eric Garner was not this loving, caring family man. Oh, he loved his mother. Everyone loves their mother. Jeffrey Dahmer loved his mother. I'm sure Hitler loved his mother. Loving your mother does not make you a good person. And Michael Brown wasn't a good person either. Michael Brown was rightfully shot by a police officer. I'm going to say it right now. We definitely just got kicked off of every platform. But Michael Brown was right, rightfully shot by Darren Wilson. Michael Brown tried to murder Darren Wilson in his own police car and when told to stop, charged at him. Michael Brown was like 320 pounds and six foot three. Darren Wilson was bloodied and beaten and probably dizzy from having his head bashed against his own center console. Okay. Michael Brown got what he deserved. Eric Gardner got what he deserved. Okay. If you're a scumbag and you go against the police, guess what? You're going to get something. Now, we're not talking about, you know, red flag laws and unconstitutional searches and seizures and the police acting like the Gestapo. That's not what we're talking about here. That's not what was going on. These are violent criminals or lifelong criminals in Eric Garner's case who resisted arrest. And honestly, it's, it's, it's a shit show out there and stuff's going to happen sometimes. This isn't someone walking down the street, a cop says stop, and he goes, what? And he gets shot in the face. That's not what's going on. So all these people who claim to be for the black community, who are in the black community, start talking about gang violence. Start talking about black on black crime. Start talking about all the things that are going on in your community that you can actually fix easily by bringing fathers back into the home. And this whole thing where you want to blame somebody else, that's straight out of the Democratic playbook. Uh, we know, and, and I totally agree with you with, with starting a conversation of, of black on black crime, talking about gang violence, uh, kicking the most violent people that's in the community out of the community. You know what I mean? Like back in the, in the medieval times, you just get kicked out of the commune. Get out, we don't want you, you know? But uh, there, there needs to be an all-around conversation. I spoke about bringing the, the D.A.R.E. program back. I spoke about having uh, police actually interacting with the, the children in the community, with the, even with, with the adults in the community. Um, 
encouraging people to, to join into the, the police force, encouraging people to become firefighters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and with that being said, once you do that, then you can tackle the fact that there's lack of, of police training and all this other stuff. Because we all know there's no central way for every department to be, every police department to be trained to react the same way to, to certain events. Sometimes oh, you don't 100%. even know what a, a specific event is going to be. Everything's dynamic. Everything's always changing. You never know what you're going to run into. Um, so once you start getting yourselves involved in the actual police departments, you've seen even leftists like Snoop Dogg, uh, The Game, um, a crap ton of people actually sit down and have open conversations with police chiefs with the, in, the, in the LAPD. This is the stuff that needs to start happening if you are truly trying to make your communities better. Yeah, and you said a lot more eloquently than I did because I'm kind of a hammer when it comes to this. But you said it. Basically, what I'm trying to tell people is you need to change the culture in the community. Yes, you can always improve police training. But just because someone gets killed by the police doesn't mean it was racist, doesn't mean it was wrong. When you eliminate the father out of the household, when you eliminate family values, when you put people on welfare, when you basically push them to do illegal activities because, hey, if I get a regular job, I'm going to be off welfare. But guess what? If I sell drugs, I can make money and make welfare. This is what you're pushing in these communities. And you need to change the culture there before anything else. And we, we get it. You did law enforcement. I did law enforcement at one point. You know there's stupid freaking cops out there. Oh, yeah. We've worked with stupid cops. We've worked with cops that were too damn gung-ho for their own good. I've seen people get fired because they're too gung-ho. Um, I mean, of course, the complaints that came along with it and the, them endangering not only the lives of other people, but the lives of their buddies because of the stuff they were starting. Uh, I look at Tamir Rice as an example. I was never taught to pull straight up on somebody that you know had been reported that they were pointing guns at people. You just pull straight up on them. You then got out. You didn't identify anything, and you just shot. Well, you had enough time to identify, oh, that's the whatever color clothes that they said the man had on, and you just shot, and then you kill a 12-year-old boy. Nothing was exchanged. You see how quickly it happened. That's why I brought up the, the lack of training that, you know, some departments have. This was also a police officer that had um, complaints from another department that he worked on or worked for. And that's the reason why he was released from the previous department. So we get it, the, the deficiencies with law enforcement. We understand it. But if you really want to fix those deficiencies, there's only one way to fix the deficiency, and it's not to block traffic. It's not to sit outside and chant, and it's not to just march. It's to actually get involved in those agencies and allow those agencies to get involved directly with your actual community. Right. Start fixing your community and then reach out to the police to help you. That's what they're there for. If you are looking to actually make improvements in your community, ending black on black crime, ending gang violence, ending drug dealing, that's what you need to do. And in order to ch you change the culture, you reach out to the police department, make a partnership with them. They, if you tell them, hey, they need more training, hey, police officers will all go, always go for training. Training I is fun. Went for training. Yeah, tra training is the best thing. You really got to go to work and you get to play around all day. <laughs> Learn stuff. Come on. Everyone wants that. 
All right, moving on to How Dare You. How dare you? Final segment of the show, How Dare You. AOC has made the show yet again. Um, This time, just really just taking those big old size 12 she's probably walking around with and sticking it right in her mouth, blaming Mitch McConnell and the NRA for the two cops shot in the Bronx. She said, and I quote on Twitter, this is not my district, but our thoughts are with all the officers and people impacted by the shooting and the epidemic of gun violence in this country. Perhaps you would get less mixed up if McConnell stood up to the NRA and passed common sense gun safety measures. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. That that entire statement is, I'm going to say this, and it's going to piss people off more than I've already pissed people off today, but that statement is pure retardation. The entire thing is nonsense. The NRA is not responsible at all for the shooting. This person illegally owned a gun. He was not legally allowed to own a gun, used an illegal firearm, took shots at police officers. And it, common it's sense failed. of gun safety is, is not a thing. That's a made-up term. Like, it, what? Weird tech. Please, like I said it before, get a handle on your woman. The more she talks, the more I love her. The more it makes me want to just, like I said, get involved in the community. The more it makes me want to just sit down and, and have a conversation with her where I can affect her mental frame of thinking and I could just be that positivity in her life that she just desperately needs. <laughs> I love Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and there's nothing anybody can do about it. <laughs> However, I fail to see what the hell the NRA has to do. But maybe it's because, I don't know, they helped train slaves back in the day, so that just teetered on and it made him a shitty shot because he obviously didn't kill anybody. But (laughs) the the NRA has for decades said we need to have legal, legally owned firearms. We need to have people who are trained in the correct usage of firearms. We need to have uh, people that own these firearms for their defense and for their safety. And we need to have people that have firearms to discourage an ever encroaching government body, which is what's going on right now, which is why they, they hate the NRA, and which is why they would take the NRA and now start trying to couple them with criminal activity, which would actually work against her because if criminals start feeling like, oh, the, the gun lovers are now supporting me, it's, it's their fault that I have guns. Well, now I love the NRA. So thank you for opening your mouth, Alexandria. I love you more and more every time you do it. Right before you weigh in, I just got to say one thing. She talks about the epidemic of gun violence. We literally just talked about this. It's cr- They're criminals. They are not going to a gun store and buying a gun. They are going into these neighborhoods that have high crime and high welfare, and they're buying guns there and then using them to commit crimes. And then they're throwing them in the river, or they're just tucking them under their pillow at night. Without this a background nothing, check. This has nothing to do with the NRA. And this is in New York City, which has the strictest gun laws in the entire country. So this just proves that common sense gun control doesn't work. I just want to say one last thing. New York City 
Not only did they chase out the NRA, didn't they also chase out the NAACP, which then had to move down south to, you know, the, like, red states? <laughs> Thank you, New York City. <laughs> Robbie. Well, well, Evan, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, both, both, both of you are. And really what I was, what I was, what I really wanted to say was I'm all for background checks. I'm all for trying to make sure that guns don't get in the hands of bad people. But this is not one of those cases here. We have, an, we have someone who is already a criminal, a felon, who went to jail, is no, was no longer eligible to purchase a gun legally, was able to purchase one on a black market, and then commit a crime. So that's something that even if you have the strictest background checks, it still wouldn't stop this. So clearly that's not going to, that's not, you know, taking down the NRA is not going to fix that problem, this problem that we're talking about right here. So for one, we got, we got to stop. We just got to know what, what the facts are before we start talking. I mean, that, that's a lot of people are accused of that. You know, I sometimes, Hey, sometimes I get reactionary. You know, I, I hear about something, I get upset about it. I say something, you know, but we really have to, you know, as, as a, as a whole, as a, as a, as a nation, you know, especially with the with the media. I mean, they're, they're the worst, I and mean, we we all know that they're they're far left. They're all in their pockets. So, it, but but really, what it comes down to from everyone, you know, learn the facts first, know what it is, understand the facts, understand what it means, and then you know, ma- then then make your statement uh, based on what you know, but based on the facts. So I, I think that that's not something that that she understands clearly. Either she doesn't understand it, or they just want to take a Second Amendment away. I mean, whatever the case is, they the Democrats that is, they, they don't understand that situation. They don't understand why it's important to have a second amendment. Um, and really on top of all of it, when you said that New York has the strictest gun laws in this country, it, it, it's either one, one, a one B with Chicago. I mean, it, they're right up there too. And Southside Chicago has the most gun crime in, in the country, at least for, for quite a while. And I believe it's still the case. Uh, Southside Chicago, forget about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's gone rampant over there. So, um, and, and kind of touching back to, you know, and I'm sorry, you know, this long segment here, but touching back on what you're saying before, I think that a lot of the, the, the uh, problems really stem from when it comes to um, these neighborhoods is really the, the two parent home or lack thereof and having a good support system there from the parents, from, from a father and a mother, or at least two parents, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get in trouble for saying a father and a mother because, you know, then they're going to say, oh, well, it could be a father and a father and a mother, mother. Fine, fine. Whatever. No, no, you, you, you can say it. It's fine. We're, we're talking about mothers <laughs> and fathers here. It's, it's okay. Two parents. I, get, two yelled, parent I get yelled at all the time for stuff I say on here. We're, we're talking about mothers <laughs> and fathers here. Let's just go. Let's just go. Yeah. So, I, I, like I was saying, it was, it's, it's very important to have that structure, a family structure like that, to have, you know, have two parents, not one of them that goes off and never sees their kid again. That's not going to help the kids that grow up in these neighborhoods because honestly, if, if I'm someone who is in that situation, I have a single parent home, I, I'm a kid that's growing up in these neighborhoods, who are my influences, right? You have, you know, a mom that's, you know, she's trying to make it work and she's working maybe two jobs, something like that. Hey, you know, that, that's a little bit of motivation right there. That's a little influence right there. That's, that's something positive. But also at the same time, you have a lot of time on your hands to do things that maybe you're going to be with the wrong crowd 
and then that could be a problem. Or she's not. Maybe she's a you know she's a uh, a drug addict. You know, on welfare. Then you have a father that's not there. You have a mother who's a drug addict. Who the hell are you going to look up to? Who's going to who's going to show you the way? That's that's really the crux of the issue right here. And obviously, this all you know kind of uh, is a downstream. Uh, you know, it kind of flows downstream to all these other issues that we're talking about here with guns and whatnot, because if there were better, you know, family structures in these areas, it would go a long way. Obviously, there's more than just that. You have education, you have other things as well. But, the, you know, the mayors of these cities really have to, you know, do a better job with uh, with running their, their cities. Yeah, you said, you said it perfectly. She doesn't understand it. And we'll just add this to the volumes of encyclopedias of things that AOC does not understand. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys, that, that is going to be our show for today. Please like, share, subscribe, download. Guys, we earn money every time you listen to this show, so please check us out on audio platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, all those other places, Empire State Concerns Podcast. Every time you listen, we get a little bit of money. Another way to help us out a lot is to visit our store at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com. Empire State Conservative Network.com slash store. We have all the stuff that we have the Trump hat. We have this sweatshirt. We have the MAGA man shirt. We have all the stuff that you see me wearing on this show. Everything on there is available. It is all very well priced. All that stuff does help us spread the word. It does help us get the message out. As we all know, the only way people who are going to stand up who agree with us is if they hear people saying the same things that they agree with. No one wants to stand alone. We have to let people know that they are not alone. It's the only way it's going to work. Make sure you follow TAC on Instagram. <laughs> TAC, that's two A's and a C. There's no K in TAC. Make sure you follow us at Get Red Pilled NY. And on that, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. And don't let fear take your freedom.